0: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright.
1: Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the WealthAbility Network. So <laughs> I have a my friend, Um, Blair Singer is famous for saying sales equals income. And we all want income. Most CPAs didn't get into the CPA business because they like sales. So this is something so far out of the normal CPAs um, comfort zone that how do you get sales without having to push so far outside your comfort zone. And we have the expert with us today who's gonna help us discover how to do just that. How to use your comfort zone as a strength instead of as a weakness. And I love that because I love focusing on strengths. I I, I think uh, weaknesses are for... Um, uh, wussies, I think you should, <laughs> I, I don't focus on my, I'm too old to focus on my weaknesses. I need to focus yeah. on my strengths only. Um, we have Stacy Hall, who is, uh, absolutely an expert in this area. And Stacy, thanks so much for uh, joining us today.
0: It, it is really a joy for me to be in the studio with you, Tom, and to hear that someone else says you do not have to focus on your weaknesses. It's like, that is a friggin' waste of time. Let us focus on what we do well. And keep expanding from there, what we do well. And I understand that a lot of folks who deal with numbers are not necessarily great at building relationship. I've heard this. They say, "I'm, you know, I love numbers. I don't love people. Well, that, and normally I would say, well, you gotta have to get to know some people in order to be able to make sales. And I'm also going to say that, Those who work with numbers as CPAs and bookkeepers and accountants, you are actually wisdompreneurs. You have much wisdom to share. And that puts you in a very different position than people who are selling products, a much more favored position. So excited to have this conversation.
1: No question at all. So if you could just give us um, kind of a one minute uh, of your background and uh, what you do and why you do it.
0: Well, my background is I got my degrees in advertising, marketing, um, radio and television production, and public relations. And my original intent was to go into PR and help a company spend its extra money doing good works for the world. Well, that doesn't really happen so much anymore. And so I shifted over into a career in advertising and marketing for major corporations like Budget Run-A-Car Corporation and FedEx, and I had the opportunity to volunteer for the Small Business Development Center about twenty five years ago. And what was being taught was not serving an entrepreneur. It was teaching entrepreneurs how to become Coca-colas. Well, uh, that's never going to happen, right? right? so i I just my heart went out to entrepreneurs. Insurance agents, accountants, bookkeepers, salon owners, as well as other kinds of solopreneurs. And I've never looked back. This has been my coaching practice for all these years. And what I've discovered is that most folks, especially if they are a solopreneur, think they're not good at sales. And, and even if they're making money, they say, I don't like sales. Well, I want to replace the word sales with suggestions. And this is what I teach everyone. And this is what I talk about in the book, Selling from Your Comfort Zone. Most people are comfortable making suggestions when they believe in what they're suggesting. Would you agree with that, Tom?
1: Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, ab- absolutely. In fact, in fact, I, I actually would go a step further to say that we have an obligation um, if, if, if we're doing something that we think is valuable to somebody else, to other people, and more than just the people we currently serve, then we literally have a, I think we have a moral obligation to facilitate their acquisition of the knowledge that w- we could help them. Okay. I, I think that's a moral obligation. I, I really do. I, I just think that's such an important thing. And people think about that as sales and it gets very uncomfortable for them because sales is a four letter word to most accountants and most business and a lot of business owners, uh, frankly. Um, but to me, it's, um, you know, one thing, one of the books I've always loved was you can't teach a kid how to ride a bicycle at a, at a seminar, right? That was David Sandler. And uh, the premise of that book is people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Yeah. And so all we're doing is facilitating buying. So let's, let's start with how does somebody even, determine what their comfort zone is. In other words, what is it that we're going to accentuate? What's their comfort zone that we can then start to use? Now we can, then we can go to the transformation, but how do you even recognize where your comfort zone is and what that means?
0: In the book, I talk about identifying the circumference of your zone and inside your zone are your core values, your talents, your skills, the experiences you're proud of. All of that makes up the comfort zone. We can then easily know when we're stepping outside of it, when we are detached from those things we know well. So we want to stay inside that comfort zone. So it's really easy to know where it is. And then how do you expand from there? Well, as an accountant, you've got training. You're constantly keeping up with the trends And the new rules and the new laws in a way that other business owners are not, in a way that other business owners know they should, Mm -hmm. but don't, and look to people who can help them understand all that gobbledygook. And I say that because I'm one of those business owners. So that's why I say, an accountant or a bookkeeper. You are in a unique situation to be able to give suggestions that other people, especially business owners, want to hear and know they need to hear. So you can't stand in your strength of sharing your knowledge, and people are going to come to you if you put yourself in the right place. Yeah, Much I, easier than any other business owner. I I, I think
1: I appreciate you saying that. Um, Stacey, because I've long felt that CPAs are, are really underutilized Um, that, you know, here we are, you know, let's say you've only been in the profession 10 years. Okay. Now I've been in 40 years. So I have that much more experience, but let's say you've been in there 10 years, you've seen hundreds of businesses. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses, you know, things that you don't even realize what, you know, and you're, And you've been working with clients and you've been talking to clients. So why is it different to talk to a prospective client than an existing client? And why aren't we talking to our existing clients about what else they need? Okay, because obviously, you know, expanding what we do for a current client is way easier than going out and getting a new client. I mean, it's always easier to to expand um, services to an existing client. But how do you, okay, so the other problem with accountants, of course, is accountants aren't known for their sparkling personalities. They're not known for their ability to communicate. In fact, I am convinced that there are thousands of who can't even speak English, and they live in the US. And so, you know, it's like, okay, how do you, how do you actually have this ability? How do you develop this ability within your comfort zone to explain something that is otherwise that otherwise you might have a tough time explaining and to get your clients to be able to understand it, to get your prospects to be able to understand
0: it? Okay. So in this particular case, and I say it to everybody who's uncomfortable writing, I don't want to turn you into a copywriter because that could be outside your comfort zone. Right. What I would suggest is that you start putting together tips, and I, I'm going to give you an example. I won't share her name, but one of my clients, she is excellent at this. She's on Instagram, and she finds very funny um, gifs, right, cartoons and things. I'm not sure she's allowed to be using them in the way she does, which I'm not going to mention her name. But they're jokes, and then she, it, but they're she's taking what business owners do that is ridiculous, right? That she sees because cpac all the ridiculous and she uses these cartoons to make a point about how you don't want to be that person in business and and so she's letting the cartoon work for her to capture the attention but then she just writes what you want to be doing instead and it's not sparkling copy it's straightforward but i'm going to say if that's even too far out of someone else's comfort zone There are wonderful VAs who understand social media. Okay. So
1: sorry, explain what a VA is. I mean, I I know what you're talking about. I think that's okay. Yeah.
0: A virtual assistant, easy to find. Literally, you just Google virtual assistant and they will come out of the woodwork. Okay. These are people who don't have anything to say themselves, but they know how to say it for other people. Got it. And so, I would say that what you're going to do is you're going to give your information to a virtual assistant to craft into messages, and they're going to manage your social media account because social media is where you meet people these days. There's very little business networking groups meeting in person anymore. The knowledge, so, I am I have so much information coming in my head. I'm going to slow down for a moment. I want to give a very specific example, Tom. So let's say you go out on LinkedIn or your virtual assistant manages your LinkedIn account for you. And you know that one of the um, people are going to always wait till the last minute to give you something. Your clients always wait sure. till the last minute to give you something. What would that be, Tom? Uh, tax information. <laughs> okay, but specifically, like oh, what kind of tax Oh, like,
1: uh, like a, um, uh, uh, well, you just use the, the term K-1. A K-1.
0: Okay. You might want to say the reason why you don't want to wait to the last minute to give your accountant your K-1 information is, you know, so Tom, what would be the reasons you don't want to wait to the last minute?
1: Well, you know what you want, you you don't want to be filing a tax return at at the very last minute because it's not, it's less likely to be accurate. You don't have time to actually uh, prepare it so that you're not going to get audited and you're probably going to end up with higher taxes.
0: There you go. Three reasons why you don't want to wait to the last minute, which speak directly to the business owner you're talking to. All you have to do is write that down. Your virtual assistant will take it. They'll put a graphic with it. They'll put it out. They'll start making the right connections for you with people who are likely to be your prospects and your potential clients. And those will be the people who will then see your posts. So you stay in your comfort zone of the information. You hire somebody who's in the comfort zone of knowing how to connect your information to the right people.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite books is uh, one of Dan Sullivan's Strategic yeah. coaches' books, which is Who, Not How. And I'm I'm on a whole campaign this year on Who, who Not How, because there's so many things I don't want to learn how to do. I'm at an age where, I, frankly, there are certain things that I'm really good at, and I want to learn more about that. I want to emphasize my strengths, not my weaknesses, and I want other people to just do it. And so, like, we have social media people, we have copywriters. I mean, we have all of that in our business, Um, But the very first thing that has to happen is, and I'm going to come back to your original premise, which is how do you know what your comfort zone in is? And I would go a step further to say, how do you know what clients you want to attract? Beautiful. So how do we get there? Give us a couple of steps for that.
0: All right. So I'm going to categorize this CPA who's been in business for a while, a CPA who's just getting started. CPA who's been in business for a while, like you, Tom, you know who you've loved working with and you know who you haven't and i'm not going to ask you for names okay what i would say to you is can you describe without giving me a name your perfect client that comes to mind for you just describe what was so great about this client
1: sing a single word engaged they're engaged.
0: What, what does that mean? Well, it means engaged? that they're
1: engaged with us. What They don't say, just do it. They are engaged with us. We talk all the time. We're their partner. Um, you know, they, they, they feel like they're getting value. They appreciate what they're getting. And of course they always, always, always pay their bill. So, um, which is first and foremost, right? Somebody doesn't pay your bill. They shouldn't be a client. So, but, but you really do want to, to me, I want somebody engaged so we can, for example, we'll have people come to us that um, they make $4 million a year and they say, I just want somebody to help me do my tax turns and reduce my tax. I'm going, uh, but I don't want to be involved. I'm going, you're not, you're, I- I'm not right. going to take you as a client. I have somebody else who says I make $200,000 a year, but I really want to work with you to help me build my business and reduce my taxes. I'm going, Great. Let's do it. So, you know, this, high, this, you know, a lot of uh, particularly accountants and lawyers, they want high net worth individuals. That is, that's not me. Right. So we want, we want individuals and business owners who are engaged and want to be engaged.
0: Okay, great. Now that client that you were seeing, I'm going to take everything you just told me, I'm holding it in a little bag right now. The client that you told me about what kind of business were they in or what kind of tax support did they require?
1: Uh, so that, you know, this is a client who wants tax planning um, because we are tax planners. Uh, this is a client who appreciates just the fact of filing a tax return that they don't have to worry about it. This is a client. I, I don't care what business they're in. And I mean, I'll get, okay. I, I actually I actually can give you a name because he's very vocal about. Be, my being his CPA is Robert okay. Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad fame. Okay. I will tell you, he's the best client I've ever had. Um, Robert and Kim are amazing people and they are always saying, okay, how can I learn? What can I do better? Um, and, and, and they always, and the other thing is they always take my advice. So, you know, if, if you don't want to, 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 to act on my advice, don't ask me for my advice, because guess what? That's uh, that's not okay with me.
0: Okay, so now here is where you could create a post, if you will, or, or a video, whatever you're comfortable with. And I know you already do this, but I'm saying for the person sure. who's listening to us, if you can describe a client like that and what you love about what they do, your post could be this on LinkedIn. Do you enjoy being engaged with your accountant? Do you want your accountant to offer suggestions to you for you to consider as you're doing your tax planning? Would you like an accountant who has experience working with other businesses that are like this, right? you fill that in? Right. They're supposed, like how hard, it's not hard to ask those questions. People are going to come back and say, yeah, that's exactly the kind of accountant. And some people are going to say, I have that. And other people are going to go, where do I find that? Because no, I don't have that kind of accountant. They don't give me my information. You now have prospective clients right there. Now, not everybody gets to have (laughs) a client like Tom, In your particular case, Tom, and if he allows you to say it, I think I hope you're out there telling people that the man who wrote "Rich Dad Poor Dad" is yeah. actually well, uh, comes uh, to you uh, for tax advice. Uh, uh,
1: uh, of course, and 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 he's he's uh, done the forward for two of my for the two books that I've written, and um, it's very well known. I travel all over the world with Robert, and we right. speak together. So it's it's very well known that we're associated with each other. Um, but let me kind of turn to 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 one thing uh, before we get too far and we we have to end here um so you talk a lot about um selling comes with emotion not facts so how do you get to the emotion you know CPAs again they're not known for no. these are not emotional people right no 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 <laughs> But as
0: i want to replace emotion with empathy okay oh, okay that's that's what i'm really talking about there okay is empathy so what not not all accountants as you would say are touchy-feely that's not their strength but i think all accountants can appreciate the pain that is being caused to people when they're not taking care of their taxes appropriately there's a lot of pain on the other side Oftentimes, I think people find an accountant after they've been penalized, right? So what I'm talking about is making sure when you're talking with a prospect that you find out the pain that they've been in and you empathize with that before you just start throwing facts and figures at them. Because a business owner who's in pain is a bit shut down. And so if you can start asking questions about not about their taxes, but about their experience Mm -hmm. with filing taxes in the past and any penalties that they've encountered. And we're not condescending, right? But I don't think accountants tend to be condescending. I don't think in their hearts, but being very factual can come across as condescending.
1: Sure. Sure. I know something you don't.
0: Exactly. If we can just first accept that they made mistakes and not Make them feel any worse about that. And then be the person who says, well, you know what? It's a good thing you went through that before because we're not going to go through that again. I'm going to keep you away from that. You'll have a friend for life. And I would bet, well, I don't know whether Robert ever made any tax problems, but I would bet that the reason you two are friends is because you empathize with the experiences that he and his wife go through.
1: Oh, I, I absolutely. That's part of it. so I, I I'm there are a couple of things that you said that i I love, 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 um, that I want to kind of unpack a little bit. One is asking questions. So how important is asking or asking questions in that well, I'm gonna to call it the sales process. How important is that?
0: It's one hundred percent everything. so that's why I was saying in the post. Would you like your accountant to do? Have you ever had this issue? And this is not just for accountants. I say all throughout the book, I say, we don't want to come across as teachers preaching. Because people will not respond to us when we tell them what to do. If we ask them, have you ever had this experience? Have you ever felt that way? Would you like to know X? People will engage with us. We cannot sell till people engage with us. When we, and this is the, like the word sell covers a variety of things. Selling before somebody said they want information, that's pitching, that's pushing, that's promoing. That's not selling. When someone says, I would like the information, now we can give them the suggestion. Now we can give them the tip. Sure. That's that's selling.
1: Because because what we're really doing is rather than selling, we're just helping them buy.
0: That's exactly right. right.
1: And, and 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 to me, my experience, and I used to do um, sales, and and until I you know got to build a had a sales team built. Um, my experience is that uh, people do they hate to be sold, but they love to buy, yeah. and that whoever is talking is losing in a conversation. So if you're asking questions, that means the other person's talking. And basically I go by one third, two third rule, right? You don't wanna be talking more than one third of the time. You want the other person to be talking two thirds of the time. And the other part of it is it's not about you. This is, you know, people ask me, how do you go on stage in front of 2000 people? Aren't you scared to death? And I'm going, what do I have to be scared about? It's not about me. It's about the audience. And so when it's about them, all of a sudden that just that framing to me changes the entire conversation. No longer do you need to be nervous about it. No longer are you pitching. No longer is it about you. No longer are you afraid of losing the sale because guess what? It's not about you. It's all about them.
0: That's right. And I, I started out life as an introvert. And that's where I real people taught me how to come out of my shell by asking questions and, sometimes people get uncomfortable because it's like, well, maybe I'm being too personal. Honestly, if somebody doesn't want to answer a question, they'll tell you, but most, I have never had somebody tell me, I don't want to answer that question. They'll go, Oh, that's a really great question. Or thank you for asking that. Thank you for caring.
1: So I can I share a trick that I use on that? And I've, 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 I've actually tried this in, in groups and, and and it works. I I always, if I'm worried about it being too personal, I always start with, would it be okay if I ask you this? Um, Because then you're getting permission. So for example, um, most women would not be okay if a man came up and said, how old are you? (laughs) Yeah. Right? On the other hand, if I came to you and said, would it be okay if I asked your age, then it's up to you whether you say yes or no. Now, what's interesting is, I've never actually had anybody answer that question. Rather, they ask the other answer the other question, which is, just, no, I don't mind. I'm, you know, 25 or I'm 54 or whatever it is. They literally ask the question, answer the question that I'm about to ask. No, they don't answer the first question, they answer, answer both of them. And what it means is it just means that you're being respectful of that That's person right. and that they might not want to answer that question. Would it be okay if we talked about, your gross sales from your business. Would it be okay yeah. if we talked about if I asked you about you know what your issues were with your why are you looking for a CPA you know why why aren't you with your why, you know why why do you want to leave your current CPA or why don't you have a CPA in the first place Would it be okay if I, I talk about that? Um, so that that's one little trick we use.
0: I love that. I and it's actually in respect when when people see that we respect them. It creates instantaneous trust. And in my book, I talk about you have to get to know people. They have to like you enough to trust you before you can make a suggestion that they'll say yes to. Because as you say, they do love to buy, but only when they trust the suggestion. What you just shared is when you start asking questions, would it be okay if I ask you this? Instant respect, instant trust, because you're not going too far too fast.
1: Awesome. So um, uh, to wrap up, can you kind of summarize maybe three things um, that a CPA could do to help them sell um, within their comfort zone?
0: Okay. First would be make a list of all the tips you can give to people like late at night where you're going, I wish business owners knew this, or I wish they would do this better. Make, turn all those wishes into a tips list. That's first and foremost. Second, if you don't understand social media and you don't want to spend time getting trained in it, hire a virtual assistant. And as I said, you all you have to do is type in virtual assistants for hire. There's organizations that will do the interviewing process for you. It can all be done without having to talk to a human being ever, if that really concerns you. And the third is, remember, prospects are just future clients. Right. If you have clients or you want clients, don't turn prospects into your parents. <laughs> if they say they don't, if they say they don't have time right now, <laughs> this is what people do. It's they say I don't have time right now. It's sort of like a parent saying, "Go away, kids, you're mm-hmm. bothering me." No, they just don't have time right now. So what I would suggest is having a newsletter. I think every accountant needs a newsletter a blog of some sort, an email list so that you can keep dripping important facts and tips Mm -hmm. to your clients, not a newsletter that is constantly promoing, but here's a tip that you'll want to tuck away for tax time to start getting ready for tax time. And if you can provide valuable content like that on a regular basis, people are going to be calling you.
1: I, I love that, and and I and I'm I'm living proof of that. So uh, my book, Tax Free Wealth, is uh, long uh, for years been the number one tax book on the market, and I give everything away. I don't hold anything back in that book. Um, anything I held back, I I put in my new book, The Win Win Wealth Strategy, and that has 15 different countries and how this works in 15 different countries. And what we found is is that the more education you give, the more it, they want to buy. Um, And not everybody will buy. I have people come up to me who will say, you completely changed my life. I read your book and boom. And they've never been a client, but that's okay because you're still, you're still giving and you're still sharing. And, uh, you know, you're, and, and then that's how you become you know, you actually get people to know, here's what your strengths are. Here's my comfort zone. If you like my comfort zone and you live in my comfort zone, come, come, come work with me. I mean, that's kind of, I, I think that's one way to look at it. The book is selling from your comfort zone, the power of alignment marketing. I love it. Stacy Hall, um, where can uh, people go for more information about you and your book other than um, the uh, other than Amazon?
0: Okay. Well, other, it is on Audible. It's on Kindle awesome. and it's in every bookstore around the world in paperback. If it's not on the shelf when you're there, it means somebody got the book. So just go, they will order it in for you selling from your comfort zone. And, uh, or you can go to my website, Stacy Ann Hall, S-T-A-C-E-Y-A-N-N-H-A-L-L.com. And there's information there about the book. There's an excerpt if you want to read something first before you decide if you're going to buy it. And I also, under my courses page, I offer a couple of courses, including the eight steps to a sale for free.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Eight, Remember and- everyone that, that you know, we don't have to get to, so far out of our comfort zone. We really don't in order to do um, sales, but we always have to be selling. I mean, the reality is even with your current Clients, you are selling um, because let me tell you, if you are not selling, that, that means providing value, providing information. If you're not doing that, somebody else wants your client, somebody else wants your staff. Okay, so don't believe that you're safe and secure just because that client's been around for five or or, or, or six years. I can tell you by personal experience that the people who call us, and we have hundreds who call us every day um, about our information. Uh, these people um, are your clients. Okay. So these people are somebody, other CPAs clients, they're calling because you're not selling. And I love the idea of selling from your comfort zone. And in the end, what happens is you're going to end up with better clients, a better practice and a better life. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to the wealth ability for CPA show, better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.